this this these past couple of weeks why why is it why is it that all this news happens when we when are we're gone. Off that's air? not the first time it's not no, no. it always happens I feel like it's literally happened several always times. happens anyway just to kind of catch you all up on what has happened over the past two weeks and what we are going to be discussing on Left Right Center today. Uh, the long-awaited Mueller report has finally been released, and of course, of course, Baylor's, Baylor's giving a standing ovation. It comes with plenty of controversy. Um, an what? actor, an actor. I don't, I don't know if you you've heard of him. Uh, he goes by the name of Jesse Smollett. Smollett, 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 Smollett. Um, has had his charges completely reversed Oof. in Chicago. Um, and sealed. Once again, and shrouded sealed. in yeah, controversy. Uh, Joseph Robinette Biden. Yes, yes, that is his real name. His <laughs> middle name is Robinette. How has been accused by two <laughs> more women of touchy-feely encounters, and guess what? Is also enveloped in controversy. Michael Avenatti is facing decades in prison due to tax fraud and distortion of Nike. What? But haven't haven't Nike shoes been distorted already? The one, the one on Zion's foot currently was. Oh, <laughs> finally! Funny, funny, funny. What will that. the fate of our avocados be? Donald Trump, Not President ever. Donald Trump, threatening to close the Mexican border, <laughs> even admitting that this will negatively affect the economy, but he is willing to do. He's willing to do it for our security. So that is the synopsis of our show today. We are joined once again by our wonderful friend Jack. Jack, thank you woo, for coming woo. back on. Thanks it's for having great. me back. I love we're to loving come. this. Yeah, we're loving it. Um, right. So Mueller report. A lot of news to unpack. Big. It's, it's got to be the biggest story in in the month, if right. not this this year. Right. Two Mueller years. report. This election cycle. Even. It's it's it's. Crazy, right? William Barr released a summary of the Mueller report last week uh, outlining the investigation found no evidence of Russian collusion or conspiracy and did not collude, conclude that the the president committed a crime under obstruction of justice. But it also didn't exonerate him. Rather, the decision was kind of left up to the Department of Justice and the attorney general who – who ultimately did exonerate him, but it's not the the Mueller report says does not exonerate on it. So I'll leave that to you guys to discuss. Kara, um, yeah. So I'll let Baylor get into this a lot, but um, what Kenny said is right. Uh, didn't um, it basically left um the decision up to the DOJ, um, the Attorney General uh, William Barr, who eventually did um say like. Um, the president was cleared, but the report itself did not. Um, the report, it's another thing. Well, OK, I'm going to let Baylor get into it and talk about why he's so happy and everything. And then right before we move on, if Baylor doesn't touch on it, I'll bring in a few key points. Go for it, Baylor. Well, I know you're thrilled. I, well, I'm not only thrilled as you know I'm, I'm not thrilled because i'm a republican i'm thrilled because i'm an american Karen. Oh my god! and every american whether you like the president or not should be ecstatic that the person who is sitting in the white house who is controlling you know the fate of america is not a puppet of the russian government um, but he's not not 
Uh, yes, he is. Anything. Uh, oh, boy. And the report so, didn't shout from the rooftops that he's a great, a okay. marvelous president. Now, I would like to just point out for the record, you said you were going to let me unpack. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. I did, I did, I did, I did. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. No, Go for it. Don't Go let him it. talk you down, Kara. <laughs> Go for it. Listen, um, I... You know, the special counsel, yes, it took a long time. I hope no other president has to go through it. But I've been, we've been saying forever there's been no evidence of any Russian collusion or conspiracy or of obstruction of justice. And the special counsel was not able to find it. So, you know, no collusion, no conspiracy, despite what CNN, MSNBC, little Adam Schiff and, um, you know, John Brennan have been telling us. Um, there was just there was no evidence of it. He was fully cleared, and this I think the report totally exonerates the president because it says, even under obstruction of justice, because as you pointed out, it said the special counsel therefore did not draw a conclusion one way or another as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction. Uh, whereas, while the special counsel states. Quote, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. Now, it uses, And then it left it up to the attorney general, as you said, who ultimately did. Right. The special counsel does not have um, the authority to exonerate anyone anyway. Uh, that is always left up to the Department of Justice. So right. I thought it was a little fishy that um, Mueller did, in fact, use the word exonerate. But also, when he says the report does not conclude that the president committed a crime – but it also doesn't exonerate him. Well, if you can't prove that the person committed a crime, then there's nothing to exonerate in the first place. Right, right. So, listen, this was definitely a big win for the Trump administration and a big win for America. The only reason why I think it was a huge win for Trump was because we've been heard for two, you know, two years that he was, you know, in the in Vladimir Putin's pocket. And, you know, the election was stolen and votes were changed. And there was just, you know, Adam Schiff, the the head of the intelligence committee, said he had all this evidence that, you know, he, there was, in fact, collusion. And it's not there. There is no proof right. of that anywhere. John Brennan, the former CIA director, said that, you know, there is evidence of collusion. And again, not there. So I think we have to question who... Who we put in charge of our intelligence agencies and, you know, who we trust with this kind of classified information and how it's treated. Um, Hopefully the whole country can move on. But clearly Democrats in Congress, um, as we've seen in the last week, are still hanging on by a thread. Um, That's what I was going to go to if you didn't um, mention it was that the committee approved uh, subpoenas for five former White House um, aides. Uh, They say that are still relevant to the investigation into a possible obstruction of justice, abuse of power. And corruption within the administration. That's straight from um, the Times, uh, just because right. that's basically a direct quote. So I just wanted to say it on air. That's like straight from the New York Times. And essentially. why are they? What What is the committee hoping to find out from those people? Um, that they did exactly what? Uh, I guess collude. Right. Um, and and the these people include. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, the point is, is there's st- you know there's still no evidence of that, and the whole thing is all week I've been hearing on some of the cable networks. Although I guess I'm their only viewer because CNN lost 50 percent of his ratings last week. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, they, they kept saying how, oh, well, you know, it's the, we need to see the full report because this is just a four page summary and some of it can still be there. And, you know, although he didn't commit a crime doesn't mean that there wasn't collusion or conspiracy. People still think that this actually happened. And I guess my whole point is, you know, 
when BuzzFeed and CNN released articles throughout this whole process about some of the information with the Mueller report that was inaccurate, Mueller came out and said, hey, that's not true. So if William Barr, who's been attorney general before, so I don't think would throw his entire career away to give a false synopsis of the investigation. If, but let's say, in fact, that these four pages that exonerates the president was not, in fact, the truth. Don't you think we would have heard from Mueller by now? So, I, I, you know, it's it's clearly just in a, they cannot just like they couldn't believe that he won in 2016. They 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 can't believe that the fake story that they made up is, in fact, not true. So if I gave you four pages of a document and I refuse to give you the rest, what would you think? What would be the first thing you'd think? Well, first, I'm withholding information that I well, don't want you to know. No. Well, OK. So first of course of, they, they should be suspectful. But, but no and one said that the full— Correct me if I'm re- wrong, but would you not be a little suspect about that? Well, I wouldn't be when I have a summary of the entire report, right? And he, Barr never said that he's not going to release the whole report. But there are some things that come into that. Obviously, classified information can't get released. Some of the jury— um, you know, jury reports that doesn't need to be released for this security and kind of the, um, you know, for those people, their names don't need to be That's dragged. Another thing into the that. White House is having trouble with now is their security clearance. Oh yes, I saw that. If we <laughs> want to get into that, because oh well, how did um, how did Mike Flynn and John Bolton get security clearances? They have a troubled past. Okay, well that can be your opinion, but when they're the national security advisor, they probably need a security clearance to do their job. Um, so again, it's from one thing to the next. They always they want to act like there's this, you know, they they've been saying that Trump is Hitler. They want to act like, you know, Hitler's in the White House and that, you know, or he's a puppet of Russia and it we got no evidence. It's not happening. It's time that they run on some actual policy. And and just just to go off that, like you got to ask yourself why aren't why aren't heads rolling at some of these places? Like yeah. BuzzFeed puts out news articles and it says if true this could be a huge thing and yeah if true it would be but you look at, and looking back now that the investigation's done look at how the story's changed so much oh, since absolutely. the investigation began it's evolved it's become collusion it's become obstruction of justice it's become all different permutations of the same narrative that Donald Trump is somehow stole the election from Just Hillary to quickly Clinton. pick up on that so it went from colluding with the Russian government to steal the national election to well, maybe these few people shouldn't have gotten security clearances because I don't like them. <laughs> That's where this investigation yeah, and, has and, gone. Nobody was saying that these people shouldn't have had – I mean I do get your point. Adam Schiff I do. said that. And I do I – do. So did Eric Swalwell, I believe. Yes. And regardless – Who still believes that there's collusion. Which is ridiculous. Sorry, yeah. Kara. Oh, you're totally fine. You guys are having a field day and I love it. Um, so regardless of what um, side you're on, it's always – it's good to hear that um, for somebody of importance to tell you that the president didn't um, was not in cahoots with Russia to um, obstruct um, our democracy. Um, it's just the nobody's questioning the happiness of that. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like, well, do we trust our sources? Do we trust our media? Of course, I'm happy about the fact that I don't have to. I mean, not that I don't have to question because, you know, you should question everything. But the fact that I don't have to, like, wake up every day and be like, does the president not care about the American people? In right, some but, aspects, like socially, I don't. I still have my doubts. But as far as um, collusion, but I don't the, really. But at this point in time, um, you know, it's 2019. Should we really be asking that question about the what? president of the United States? What should we should we be at this point where we're we're saying, oh, 
We're relieved he wasn't part of the Russian. And that's sad, right? Yeah. That's such a low level thing. Like, oh, like, thank God our president didn't. Now, I'm not I'm not I'm not pointing any fingers towards anyone or saying I'm just saying that it's so now this topic's. Isn't it it's, sad it's that this absurd. is a celebratory thing? But like, we shouldn't have to celebrate this because it right. shouldn't have even been brought about. And you're absolutely right. So you know what we need to do next is look into how this was brought about. Right. Exactly. How did those exactly. Pfizer reports get released? How did this investigation start? Oh, because Hillary Clinton and the Clinton campaign paid for the Pfizer report to go out so oh. that this Russian dossier would be created so she had an excuse if she lost the election. Right, and then we could and also exactly attack— exactly what happened. We could also attack the president's rhetoric about Putin. Okay, we okay, could, well, but the point is, is that's not committing a crime. Speech is an action, and I think to go off of that, it's just to say that he's spoken about Vladimir Putin favorably. I think we can separate that rhetoric from the actual policy. I think the whole point of people saying that it's a low standard because it the standard hasn't been set by Donald Trump here. No. He's been saying that he's innocent of this. He's saying he hasn't done this. It's the it's the people that have promulgated and, this and said there's a Trump Tower going up in Moscow and. Trump is trying to get a, do a business deal there, and so he colluded with the Russians. Or uh, Donald Trump Jr. met in a hotel with a Russian lawyer who said she had dirt on Hillary Clinton. It's and just then proceeded to walk out of the meeting. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's it's it it's setting the standard low by people that aren't actually setting the standard. It's people saying this is the standard, and it's not just about. I don't even think as a broader picture. Okay, how did the Pfizer reports come to be? I think we should see those as well. You know, what was kind of the basis behind those, and you know, the trouble with Hillary Clinton and the DNC and all that. Okay, but for two years, right, we've been hearing this on national television and all these articles about. Russian collusion and conspiracy, and that there are people who said that they had evidence of such a thing, right? So when every news hour on CNN is telling you about the collusion story, right, and we were talking about all the, well, if this is true, right, all the kind of speculation, it was speculation news for two years, or John Brennan, who's the former CIA director, right, pretty important person, you think that they should know what they're talking about when it comes to intelligence, says... Well, yes, we have this started and we have pretty sufficient evidence that this happened and blah, 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 blah. And then when it comes out not to be true and says, well, uh, I might have expected that there was something else there that wasn't actually there. You know, I must have gotten a little ahead. Maybe I wasn't fully uh, on top of things. Or Adam Schiff saying, I have all of this evidence. Well, I can't release it because it's classified, but it's there. Trust me. Right. Well, it's not there. Right. And. Networks like CNN are still having him come on and talk about intelligence when every Republican on the House Intelligence Committee, which has never happened before in the history, voted to remove Adam Schiff as chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Clearly, and you could say, okay, well, that's every Republican that's partisan, but that's never happened before ever, right? And not all those Republicans are like Devin Nunez, who you see on cable news 24-7. These are people who are pretty prominent in the intelligence community. And they come out and they say, you know, this person's not fit to lead the intelligence. I mean, he still gets classified briefings. So this is what really irritates me. He knew that there was no collusion and no conspiracy because he gets briefings every single day. He knew there was no evidence of it, but kept going on and talking about it to push this narrative that he just wanted to be true. And that's what's sickening. Um, I wanted to move on. Uh, you mentioned CNN. Uh, I just wanted to discuss the ratings that they've. Uh, you know, you mentioned it before. Uh, they suffered fifty percent. Yeah, people just just stopped watching. It's not like and and uh, I, th- I believe it was Sean Hannity who saw a, a spike in his viewers, but it's not like they 
I don't think the majority of them transferred over to Sean Hannity. That's not what yeah. is actually going on. But unfortunately, because of the results of this um, report, people are turning off the news. They're 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 fed up for a little bit. They don't want to they don't want to watch the news, Definitely. which which. Could could benefit well, I mean, one I, side, right? Or or could it could be dangerous? Um, Jack, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you in a second, but um, it's it could really really affect the outcome of the next couple of weeks. Well, yeah, and I think like these people have been promulgating this narrative for for two years, right? They've been saying this. Rachel Maddow was in tears, in tears on air because. She, because what they had been reporting proved to be false, and everything they had said, every if true, every if and when this connects, it'll be, it'll come together. And then Mueller crushed it, and I think it just makes people either disinterested or stubborn or upset at the news that they don't want to watch it and they don't want to engage with something they don't see. Right, and it's also a pride thing, to be honest. Yeah, like absolutely. nobody wants to um, be on their opinion. Uh, hour, 30 minutes, segment, whatever, and say everything I've been saying, if true, and especially, you know, I'll speak from my side, Rachel Meadows never gonna say anything of along the lines of, I was wrong, we were wrong, whatever. Um, even if you don't, even if whatever the debate is, um, people are never going to swallow their pride and say, um, we're gonna drop this. They're going to beat it like they're gonna, like they're gonna continue mm-hmm. to beat a dead horse, even if the American people are tired of it. And I'm not saying we should forget about this. This is never something we should forget about, that we had to question our president's like loyalty to the American people. We should never forget that. But I think that it is time to leave either well enough alone or bad enough alone or whatever you call this scenario because it, there are things to move on from, like the fact like CNN's ratings are dropping. People are turning off the news and it's like... They took a hit. They took a hit this week. Well, a big I hit. Mean, uh, to me, it's not just... And it's not even just the opinion hours, right? Because those people are just like we are here talking about our opinion. They're entitled to their own opinion and people know that it's their opinion when they're watching it, especially hopefully. when they give it... Hopefully. Especially when they give their little monologues. But like Anderson Cooper, for example, he lost literally 50% of his ratings and he, well... I don't think he is, but he says, and in the eyes of CNN, he's technically a journalist, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it was, why did they lose so many ratings? Well, because they had been, uh, and even in their news hours, had been spewing this narrative that this was in fact true, and people felt like people were shocked. I think if you are a regular viewer of that network, you are absolutely dumbfounded by this report. And especially- 100%. and, And I think they just lost all trust in- what they were watching, you know, they were told Hillary Clinton was going to win in 2016. She didn't. They saw huge ratings dump then. Just like with this, they were told that, you know, the president was possibly going to go to jail and he's not. And, you know. Right, right. And for the same so reason. how would you feel? Right. And for the same reason, there are people out there who don't, because here we try to get our news from a variety of sources. We try mm-hmm. to um, not play devil's advocate, but look at all sides and not yeah. just focus on uh, one source or the same sides of sources, um, especially Baylor. You do that for somebody who has like very steadfast opinions. You read very different sides, um, well, just to um, <laughs> gather data. Kenny Jack, we tries. We all he tries. We do. We all do that. And um, if there are people who don't do that, and there are people who only watch CNN, there are people who only watch Fox News. Worse, there are people who only watch the opinion lineups. 
and right. they don't they don't see a world outside of that as far as politics go. And so, like for the same reason that there are people out there, especially older people, who think that Donald Trump and Fox News are the end all be all, and there's nothing else outside of there that Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, they're all telling them the 110 percent factual truth that there's no opinion. You know, when they find out that Trump does something bad or somebody in the Republican Party, the GOP does something bad, they're going to be like, was I lied to? Same people who watch only CNN, only Anderson Cooper, only these opinion lineups on CNN are going to be like mad. And of course, they're going to turn off their television set because they're going to be like they're going to sit there and look at their TV and think the people I trust lying to me. It's scary if you don't understand. My only argument to that would be I haven't seen as a uh, as a opinion lineup viewer right. of Fox, I haven't seen any circumstance where it's been so so substantial like this where they had been spewing a narrative for so long and then it turned out to be totally false. Right, right. So I think it's the first time we've sort of seen that. And so it's going to be interesting to follow. Right. Anyways, someone who won't back down despite all the ah. allegations against him is Joe Biden. Joseph Robinette Biden uh, faces heat of the Me Too movement with touchy-feely moments. Um, of course, he's the former vice president, and he's running for president or potential. You know, he, it, it's still kind of up in the air right now. He could still pull out whenever. Um, but his 2020 presidential bid may even end before it starts. Is two extra women have come into the public eye accusing him of inappropriate behavior, uh, especially when greeting them. Uh, you know, they they say he was he would grab them by the shoulder and like plant a big kiss on their head or or he'd sniff their hair. But this is these seem very very I don't know. It seems vague and it seems like it could could be just out of thin air. Kara, I know, I know you've yeah, said yeah, yeah. you've said you I don't just, really like the I look of Biden, but I mean, he was he was Obama's vice president, right? Right. So he was Obama's vice president, which is why I have so many issues um, with the way that he acts. I've seen so many videos and so many um, compilations of just the way that he like um, seemingly uh, um, like friendly, like is very like friendly with women, uh, quote unquote friendly with women, like the way he touches them, like always rubbing their shoulders when they're somebody else's wife or when they're in public and all this stuff and the way he talks to children. It just gives me the creeps. Like looking at him talk to young women gives me the creeps or older women. I think that potentially matter. you may you may be looking at it with a already opinionated premonition in your mind that he is a bit creepy like in your in your opinion right well just so then of, everything else that he does seems even extra creepy well right because oh i mean if, if he's creepy he's creepy and he's been for years there have been um there's been footage of him on um live television touching women and on the shoulders and on the and rubbing their back and everything and just obviously being inappropriate in a professional environment. He reminds me of of a grandfather, right? Kind of kind of who you know is they don't really it reminds don't, me of my grandfather. But that's, to be with you. It doesn't it doesn't I'm not saying I'm not saying that like my grandfather's been accused of sexual Oh yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> saying assault that. or anything. <laughs> um but but you know what I mean? He has that kind of that presence where it's like, you know, you're you're of, of an older generation. Things were much different, and, yeah. and you know, you're. It's just a, a hug and a kiss, and and while no, it may be, no. 
while it may be and this is his no. in in his mind while it may be really awkward for these people it's i i don't think it's his intention to make it that way for them if the women that he's been um acting that way too are are not happy with it or anything that's not like a oh he's just from a different generation it's just not okay it's not okay to touch anybody in a professional environment you know what i mean it's just i don't see where you could see any scenario where that would be okay i guess he's older and maybe but i don't i don't see how you can defend that like maybe he doesn't mean maliciously but it's still you're still touching someone who didn't ask to be touched Jack, um, yeah, I, I I'm with Kara on that. Um, I think uh, a lot of what Biden has done has been objectionable and somewhat creepy. But I also do think that there's a generational gap there. Um, and I think I think this could honestly sink his campaign before it starts. Like you said, Kenny, just because now that he's getting bad press, it'd be bad to enter a campaign with bad press because that's all you're going to get. Well, I think what he's trying to do is kind of nip this in the bud before his campaign even starts, so he doesn't have to. Keep fighting this fight while he's on the I originally thought that too, but debate. it got a lot bigger. Yeah, I agree with Baylor. I think I think it's become a little bit out of his hands. Um, and I think because the Dem the Dem primary is so crowded, it could sink him. Because in this Democratic primary, you're going to have to be perfect. Like you need to be the candidate in order to like stand Mayor up. Pete, a <laughs> <laughs> shout out from Kara plugging yeah. Mayor Pete. Um, <laughs> no, but we'll it's just it's just. Every candidate needs to in the Dem primary, if they want to win that nomination, they're going to need to stand out. They're going to have to have some sort of charisma, some sort of unique position. And Biden is sort of the old guard. He's he's the very like he's the play centrist will play left. But he, he overall is is an older Democratic Party that is shifting towards much younger, much more different policies than Biden has been right. been pushing his his whole career. And that I think that combined with this could just sink him because people might not want him like he was Obama's VP and they might really like that. But it could just come crumbling down on him because of that. Well, look, even House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that. Biden is an affectionate person to children, to senior citizens, and to everyone. It's just the way he is. It's and Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC said, is this re- really where we want to go with the hashtag MeToo movement? He's a nice guy. He's not a predator. And this is ridiculous. Let me just say it. This is ridiculous. You're eating those who can beat Trump. Okay, so that's... Baylor, you were about to say something, but I'm going to really yeah, quickly... Sure. Um, as far as sinking his campaign, um, I think that as 2020, um, a big deal is going to be um, uh, our generation, people who have just turned 18. Um, I turned 18 right after the our years after the um, uh, uh, 2016 election. So for people like us, this is our you know first time, time. going to be voting in the presidential election. And that's really exciting. And so especially for the young like men and women in the Democratic Party, the Me Too movement is so important. And for anybody to be to have a blemish as far as that is not I feel like that's that's not OK. I feel like what Jack said, um, it's you don't need to go into your campaign like this. It'll, it's going to sink his campaign. So and maybe it should. I really quickly just because everybody said a lot, but um, I'm going to be actually kind of consistent, believe it or not, to um kind of when things like this have kind of risen up before. And I'm kind of – I'm actually glad, Kara, that you are very consistent with um, 
even though you're sort of speaking out against Biden, it's consistent to how you've been in the past because, as you pointed out with Mika on MSNBC and the panelists on The View and um, Don Lemon on CNN, you know, uh, they have not been so consistent. Um, Brett Kavanaugh did not get this kind of, um, oh, well, that's just how it was and blah, 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 or just with a- anybody in uh, – Well, he, he did. He did from – you know, from his party, sp- from specific people, from, right? From but I'm saying, but I'm party, saying these people, people. But I'm saying right. these people did not um, like the View, Don Lemon, MSNBC did not give him that benefit of the doubt, and gave, would give no Republican that benefit of the doubt. And also, Brett Whereas, Kavanaugh was being accused of a lot more than just that. hugging. I understand that. I understand that. Kiss. But I, I'm not just talking about Brett. He's just one example. I'm saying right. any. If this were, you know. No, Mike I Pence, for example. I, right. I don't know that these outlets would give him this sort of benefit of the doubt. I'm glad to see that you're not because right. that's your – I actually am going to sort of give him the benefit of the doubt because um, it's a, it's kind of consistent to where I've been. Um, I do think this is a big genera- generational divide and we always – in my family, you know, if, if we always say if my grandfather were running for president, he'd have no shot because he's always that very lovey-dovey kind of guy. Um Always hugs people, kisses people, but you know if people have he's come out against this, you know, and he, but you know, Biden has responded and said that he's going to be more mindful about respecting people's personal space and all that. Um, I don't know that this will actually sink his campaign, um, but you know, this is really the left's movement to push that you know moderate dull Joe out of the race. I, I don't think it will work because he's got that huge name recognition. Um, but I think how he solves this is probably to do a sit-down interview with, mm-hmm. um, you know, CBS This Morning or like, you know, Robin Roberts or something. I was just, just like about to say something, Robin Roberts. Something sort of like that um, because I think that would be beneficial to him. Right. It, would, it would be easier for him to clear his yeah, name Yeah, and because that he's not actually – like, yes, through. he has a staff right now. But because he also has not officially launched a campaign, he doesn't have a spokesperson to sort of go out and defend this like every, every second. Right. Um, but I think actually this is perfect timing for him because he hasn't actually announced yet. I, I would believe, especially with Mueller and everything last week, he was probably going to announce this week to wash that coverage away especially. Um, and now this kind of stalled him. But at least this will sort of be over with. And it, by the time this sort of dulls down, he still has plenty of time and then he'll jump in. Um, I don't know because the party is moving really far left. But to me this is a, a big attempt um, to kind of push him out. But I, I also think his reaction hurt him. His reaction right. wasn't really – it was, oh, I'll be more it mindful. It seemed almost as, mi- as much – it, 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 it seemed like he was just trying to please admitting people. It, it seemed yeah. like he was admitting it and saying, oh, you know, I'm whoopsie, I'm Which sorry. Which is fine, but it also – it just – it seemed like he was – he's just trying to be liked by everybody in the party and that's never going to work. Right. So it kind of leaves to beg the question is what – what's the uh, – what's his 2020 bid look like? Right. There's so many other contenders that can easily take it. One in particular, uh, Pete Buttigieg, um, which is a great list. He's he's captivated. <laughs> is it? He, he <laughs> captivated the Internet and Democratic donors. Yes. But, you know, it, it's too soon to know whether or not he'll be a, a true contender for uh, the presidential seat. Um, but the boom is is really taking off. Yes. Like search. Um, it, it's it's not saying that it's a definite, but it's really good to keep an eye on search results and how many people search 
specifics uh, right. to see what the interest is in right. America. And his name is soaring to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, most people don't really know who he is. So, um, yeah. Right. Kara, can you can you explain? So, um, uh, Pete, Pete Buttigieg, uh, as he's affectionately uh, called Mayor Pete, because most people can't uh, say his last name. Uh, side note, I love the um, – there's a compilation of different news outlets trying to say his last name across the board, and it's <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um, my favorite one is like butt tag. That's a really good one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Um, he – the only thing that people can find wrong with him is that he has nothing wrong with him. Um, he has no, um, I beg to differ. Well, there's no, um, there's been no, uh, dirt. People really couldn't find any dirt on him. Um, and not that there's nothing wrong with him. I don't want to say that, but, um, there's been no dirt on him. There's been, uh, he's so young. He doesn't really have any, um, like past, uh, issues that have been coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he was elected, um, Mayor in South Bend, Indiana, for those who don't know him, I think, does anybody, everybody in this room know what, like, a crazy, like, political life he's had? Not even crazy, but just, like, odd uh, for somebody running for president. Um, he'd be the first mayor to get the nominee and win if he did win. Am I correct? I believe so. He'd yeah. be the first mayor. Um, he'd be the only um, president, if he did serve um, two terms, he'd be pretending he'd be president. He'd be the only president to come out of it and still be under the age of 50. Um, he's, uh, he got elected, uh, as mayor when he was 27. Yeah. Um, and then he took a seven month leave, I believe in his first run as mayor, he then got reelected. Um, but he took a seven month leave to serve in Afghanistan and he came back and he actually came out, um, as, Yeah, I think that's, that's what's been grabbing all the headlines. Right. He's, he's. Openly gay. And yeah, he's, he's running. Just for got married. To, he's president. married to a he man. He would be the first openly gay president. Right. Um, openly gay president. Um, he not only did he come out as gay, he then was uh, reelected after that, but reelected with like an eighty something percent mm-hmm. um, vote, which is crazy. And he's done a lot for the city of South Bend, and um, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people really love him. In Indiana, and um, he's getting a lot of national recognition for sure. And um, I, I have my eye on him. He's, I really like him as a candidate. Well, I have my eye on him too, and I will say, I know if he were to win and serve two terms, you know, right now he would be uh, the youngest president because he'd be under fifty before. I, I think he has a possibly potential down the road. I don't see him getting the nomination in this cycle. Um, maybe serving in some sort of executive cabinet position to mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, further himself up, I could see him serving in some sort of capacity, um, but not as president or uh, on the ticket. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's just funny because a lot of people really are drawing to him because they think he's such a moderate Democrat, and that's why people really like him. But I mean, he's at the end of the day, he's not a moderate Democrat at all. I mean, he's for late-term abortion. His father is a communist uh, and is open about it. Um, He won't speak out against socialism. He says it's lost its meaning. People are looking for something completely different. He's spoken out against capitalism. He's endorsed the great the Green New Deal. And that was on Jake Tapper's show uh, where he said, you know, he wants to he's totally in favor of um, 
of retrofitting every building in America and making America carbon-free or at least net carbon-free. He says the Electoral College needs to go. He wants to stack the courts like Beto. Of course, he wants to repeal the Trump tax cuts, and he's in favor of sanctuary cities. So how he people think he's a moderate Democrat, I'm not really sure because he's one of the most he, he's just as radical as Kamala Harris, in my opinion. Um, I guess my big question about him is he's getting all this buzz because, yeah, he's this little mayor from the small town, you know, and uh, and he's openly gay and all of that, um, which is great. But, you know, I don't besides all of these things that he said on television, which to me is so far left. I don't really know what his policy is. Where are his proposals? If you go to his website, it has nothing besides his name and his bio. There's no policy to showcase. Um, he, but he, this is what I will give him. He knows how to play to an audience, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's very good on his feet. But to say he's making an attempt to actually adopt moderate positions on national issues to me is sort of bizarre. Um, so I think he's very good on his feet. He's very articulate in his words. Mm-hmm. So – People don't always necessarily understand what he's saying because he's very articulate, but mm-hmm. they like the way it sounds, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas that's why Trump got a big reaction from people because he uses – sometimes he doesn't even speak in complete sentences. He just says words together, right? And people know exactly what he's trying to say. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think he's very fluent in all of that, but he doesn't really have a policy, and it, the one he's trying to adopt is way too far left to be moderate. Uh, okay. Two quick things. I think – one, I think he's he's played the the media game very well. I think he's done oh, very sure. very good totally. uh, for pu- publicity and getting his name out there, especially being from the middle of nowhere, Indiana. Uh, just uh, and the second thing is, it's going to come down to the first debate, um, the first primary debate. I think is going to be so crucial. I think for the Democrats, for debates, yeah, for and sure. I th- I think that's somewhere he could really shine because people haven't heard a lot, and he's got some time. To develop that policy, but I think that just that Democratic herd in general is going to get thinned out right after that first debate because they're going to have everybody come up and say something and they're going to be like four or five who have some really good lines and then the rest of them who are just going to kind of fall into the shadows. Just a question to pitch out and anyone can take it. If he were for some reason to get the nomination, which I don't really see happening, but let's just say he did, right? Do you think he – I don't know. Do you think he can? he's the one who can beat Trump? Okay, so because that's really what the Democrats' top priority is, and that's not right. just me. I mean, they've openly right. said to that, beat right? Trump, is to beat Donald like Trump, like in the that's quote, their number one priority. Kenny right? gave earlier is literally why would you take Biden out of the right? Is about taking uh-huh. Biden out of the race when he could be Trump. And do we really think this? How old is he? Um, something. Yeah, he's in his thirties. Yeah, thirty-six. Do we thirty-seven? Not saying that just because you're young, he can't do it, but I'm right. just saying. Do we think this guy who doesn't really have a lot of experience in the federal government, right, um, he doesn't have it. And, okay, you could say, well, Trump didn't have a lot of experience either, but he was a reality TV star. He had the name recognition. Mayor Pete doesn't really have any of that. Um, Do you think he stands that chance? Right. So that's a really good point. Um, I don't know because I don't know. I don't don't think so. The thing is he's what I would call – he would be an ideal – um, definitely a wild card. For the ne- yeah, yeah definitely. But you're right. Does he have um, – I think in any other scenario, he would have a really, really, really good chance. Um, but, you know, Trump is um, 
got a lot of name, got a lot of well, name power, star power, yeah. I guess is the right word. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just where if I if you like for him, if people really supporters for him and really want him to see him be the nomination, I just worry that he peaked so early. Okay. He's like peaking right now. Mm-hmm, yeah. And we're more than a year and a half away. You know, or more than a year away even from the nomination. I so, think right. I think Jack I, is right when he says that that first uh primary debate is going to be key. And I they're think having that, twelve apparently. So right. <laughs> And I don't even wanna um I don't even even know who I'd entertain being the nominee. I mean yeah. I know who I would want to be the nominee, but um same thing with uh with Beto. You know, oh, like God. he's he's super popular and we were kind of, I think on the last show, kind of unsure about everything he believed in. Um, so I think that this guy, I think this guy could pull it off being the nominee or at least getting very, very, very close. And then in the future, maybe being uh-huh. the actual Democratic ticket nominee. But as of right now, if even if Joe Biden was going to run, right, um, yeah. who would be your nominee for the Democratic? My nominee of choice? Yep. Right now, I honestly... Assuming that my nominee could be Trump, um, which is always the hope, I would want it to be Pete. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll revisit that and see if it changes. Over right. The next It'll couple it of will weeks, probably will, change yeah. and go back and forth and back and forth, but it all depends. Speaking of changes, sudden changes, uh, let's let's travel from Indiana over to Chicago, where charges have been dropped for actor Jesse Smollett. Oof. In a stunning reversal last week by the Cook County State Attorney's Office, as it as they, they decided to drop all 16 charges against the Empire Star in an alleged hate crime hoax. And didn't it seal his records? See, sealed the files, sealed too. Sealed the file. Seal, um, yeah, I mean. I don't like a sealed file. Uh, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, we know. I, <laughs> that was a good. That was yeah. a good rollback yeah, to earlier. Good. That was a good uh, one. We're, we're assuming everyone here, everyone who's listening, who's going to be listening, has some knowledge of oh, what absolutely. has gone I, if on. If you haven't, you're living under a rock. Right. Sure. This is. What what happened? What happened? I thought. Well, I thought First America. of all, he was. He Michelle was Obama's a chief of staff. Blamed. First of all, he was blamed. <sighs> Right, it, it was. He went to court. There was, uh, the the results were that he created it. He paid the two um, brothers, the, the two brothers of Nigerian descent, to attack him. Might have even been in whiteface. That uh, that's a new story that was coming out. Um, all this stuff all came together. He had a letter. Um, he he wrote himself a letter, like a hate letter, mm-hmm. and. Laced it with a white powder. Right. And so much stuff that has come out, and he has never denied. Well, he's he's denied yeah, he it. Has. He's yeah. denied it, but he's never not accepted the charges that were given against him. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's kind of he kind of just succumbed to the charges, which is kind of a sign of guilt, if you ask me. And and people talk about privilege. All of these things have been dropped. Yeah. Because possibly he has some connections because he's a, a I would say, B-list star, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'd say A-list. Empire's pretty popular. Yeah. Empire's don't popular. Don't, I don't yeah, watch yeah. it, but A-list, A-list yeah. star, right? So this is, is, is this not Hollywood privilege? 
Right. And I know I don't speak much on this, but this is this is not fair. Yeah, no, fame can get you anything and it's ridiculous. Even and people and a lot of people aren't having it. Like I feel as if a lot of important people are upset oh, about this. You you know it's bad oh, when yeah. the when the friggin' mayor of Chicago. I was about to say the the mayor of Manuel and agree, Donald Trump right. are the same team. When I Seriously. agree with Rahm uh, Emanuel, you know something ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Lori, mayor, Chicago's mayor elect, mayor elect Lori Lightfoot, who is a um, African American, openly gay woman, said that she expects um, uh, the top prosecutor in the state to re- like, yeah, yeah, to give a full insight onto why she decided yeah. to suspend his. I, I, I expect prosecution. Kim Fox to step down. Listen, Kim Fox, she recused herself. Then she said, she, well, I didn't really recuse myself. Oh, wait, yes, I did. No, I didn't. Well, what's, maybe what's I her did. Degree? What's her degree? Uh, it's something in law, right? I don't know. It's got to be something in law. So she, you clearly think she, she would, needs to go back to school. Obviously, State prosecutor. she's been doing this for a while. She knows the rules. Yeah. There's talks she of knows, her being disbarred. She knows the, the, yeah, the well. meaning behind recusal. Listen, the Chicago Sun-Times did a great – they, through some investigating, found that um, some of the text messages that – Tina Titian, am I pronouncing that right? Who is Michelle Obama's former chief of staff, who, you know, texted then Kim Fox and she's, you know, she said to Kim Fox text over text, hey, I wanted to give you a call on behalf of Jesse Smollett and family who I know. They have concerns about the investigation. A few hours later, Fox received a text from a relative of Smollett who said that she had received her number from Tetchin. So then... Kim Fox responds saying, uh, quote, spoke to the superintendent earlier. He's going to make the ask, trying to figure out the logistics. I'll keep you posted. So she wrote that to the relative. The relative responds, OMG, this would be a huge victory. Thank you so much. She responded to Tina Trishan over email saying, spoke to the superintendent Johnson. I convinced him to reach out to the FBI and to have them take over the investigation. He's reaching out and we'll get... uh, will get to me shortly. So just the, like, hypocrisy and the text messages through this all is really something. Then she releases this statement to her staff saying, we're looking for examples of cases felony preferable where we, in exercising our discretion, have entered into verbal agreements with defensive attorneys to dismiss charges against an offender if certain conditions were met, such as a payment or blah, 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 blah. So she says, ask your ASAs if they have examples of these type of dispositions and we'll work with them further to figure out what the case it was. Nobody is in trouble, she says. We're just looking for further examples of how we, as prosecutors, yeah. use our discretion in a way that restores the victim but causes minimal harm to the defendant in the long term. All this stinks. Absolutely reeks Absolutely. of just foul play and just mm-hmm. oh and but then she went it's on television and said this could still happen oh you he's know, not today. exonerated you know he he's he did this it was just a deal yet but he gets to walk around and say that oh no I didn't. and keep his job right yeah. and keep his subway and sandwich his, and his oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> to tell me and if you tell me the 21st century fox didn't have anything to do with this as well i, I find that what's hard so to unfortunate is with this as well is that his colleagues are supporting him yeah. on something that's well, some completely are. illegal. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's not to say that this is the end of this because there's still yeah. going to be the investigation into into Kim.
Fox and because he sent that fe- felony letter yeah, through the he's mail, going to jail he's going to, he sure. could, the DOJ, because he sent it through the mail, makes it a federal crime to yeah, fake that. that. So that could just go over Cook County and go straight to the FBI. It is. It has, it has gone yeah, straight and to the FBI. So if he gets convicted there, there's, I don't think there's a lot that can help him. And I think that might come crashing down on top. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. Unfortunately, I don't know actually how this works, but I'm just assuming I will not be allowed to go to Havana. If the border is shut down, the Mexican border is shut down. What a, what a darn travesty that'll be. Running out of avocados in three weeks. Anyways, there's, in the wake of the uh, national security at our southern border, right, there's a whole crisis. No, not crisis. Crisis, not a crisis. Huge. Uh, President Trump crisis. says he is prepared to close the southern border, and the White House assures... He is not bluffing. So I don't think he is. Honestly, no, I, I, I don't. He, honestly, the he, past two years shows that I don't. I don't think he's a very big bluffer. He's fed up, man. I think. I mean, if he's willing to do this, I mean, it's that's a big deal. Um, and that and it has specific trade ramifications too. Um, economic right. ramifications. The millennials will run out of avocados in three weeks. I, like, I can't. I cannot do that. Exactly. I stockpiled avocados this week. Anyone but Trump twenty twenty. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think I think the the crisis has gotten worse. And if you look at what some of the the people have said, it's so interesting to see the cognitive dissonance that we have because we've got thousands of families claim, asking for asylum when we can't shelter them and these people are getting put into these camps and these like auxiliary camps and it's terrible that this happens and it's terrible but they're coming here in in droves and like overwhelming the system mm-hmm. and if the system can't handle it like i mean he's talked about it before with the the um travel ban where it's we have to figure out what the is going on mm-hmm. and I think just in general, this is – and you look at the way different people are, are tweeting about it. You say, see Ilan Omar on Twitter saying that this is Trump's vanity project, right? And then you see Dan Crenshaw saying like, no, this is a big deal. We've got thousands and thousands and thousands, record numbers of family families coming over the border every month and we can't actually deal with that. Right. I mean he's right. We can't um – we can't house all of those people. It's just, but there's so many things. Uh, people keep freaking out about avocados, and there are so many things that are going to be affected other than the avocados. I mean, that really sucks. Are people um, really freaking out about? People avocados? are, and also I tequila. Am, I am people are people are scared. Um, and I honestly, well, I'm I think not it's so I succulent. Succulents. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Did succulents come over the border? Yeah, and um, last year. Um, uh, the U.S. and Mexico, according to MarketWatch, exchanged um, $612 billion in goods last year. Um, and just and also when we get back oh, in a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a year. Um, and also getting back to is he bluffing? I don't think he is. Um, I think that everybody in this room kind of like can come to us like a small like head nod that we none of us think that he's um He's bluffing. Um, I don't think he is at all, and that's a little scary to think that this could happen. And I think that the whole like uh, losing avocados and seeing fruit, certain fruits and veg or fruits sky um, prices skyrocket. Guava. I think that's like a yeah, like guavas. Um, I feel like that's a really um, that's such a uh, tangible piece of evidence of what's actually happening. People are going to be forced to pay attention because like they're going to be like, why are my avocados so expensive? 
Right. Well, um, you mentioned the ramifications, right? It, it's And Trump even admitted that it will hurt us mm-hmm. economically. But wouldn't it also hurt Mexico? Absolutely. Even, even, even worse, it hits, maybe? That's, that's why you know the president really does these things where he's able to hit people fiscally to pressure them to come up with it. Because, yes, this hurts the United States, but it actually hurts Mexican trade. It hurts Mexico financially. Although, yes, it would... You know, we have about $1.8 billion worth of trade that comes into the United States on a daily basis over the U.S.-Mexico border. So it definitely hurts us, right? But it really hurts Mexico even more. And now if we're not – we could subsidize that $1.8 billion by no longer supplying funds to, you know, Honduras and countries like that that need all of this, you know – support that apparently that they're truthfully giving to their people who are trying to flee. Um, little flashback in history. On this date last year, Trump said that he wanted to use the military to secure the U.S.-Mexico border until his promised border wall was built. So it's been over a year we've been having this border battle debate. And how does this get solved? I don't think he's bluffing. Uh, I don't think that the Democratic Party has left him really with any other choice, though. You know, they're saying how expensive this is going to be. Well, then just give the $5.8 billion for the wall and then, you know, I, it's just on one hand it's too expensive. On another hand, it's not expensive enough. It, listen, um, Secretary Nielsen did an interview yesterday and she said that this is the biggest crisis we have faced in over a decade. The economic, humanitarian and security crises we are facing is in line with a Category 5 hurricane disaster and we must address this. I think – Congress is clearly blinded by politics. We have no idea how many illegal immigrants are actually here. It's estimated about 10 million, right? But we don't actually have an actual number. Therefore, we don't actually know how many there are. There are set to be a million illegal immigrants to enter this country in just this year. A million. Now, you know, this can be easily fixable with these asylum laws, right? Because right now you come in, you claim asylum, the U.S. has to give it to you, right? And then you have to have an order to see a judge two months later. Mm-hmm. They don't all show up to see the judge. They're nowhere left to be found. That's the end of the story. That's where we lose track of them. Now, there are statistics that say, well, in last year, 90% of those asylum seekers did show up to court. Okay, fine. But 90% of a million. So you still have over... Well, around a million. So you still have over like, you know, 100,000 people who you have no idea who they are, where they are and where they are in the country. It only takes one person to do something really destructive. And the, the, um, the Department of Homeland Security and ICE have now seen numerous cases of returning children over the border. So remember when we were talking about how. Oh, people are taking children and they're bringing them over and they're claiming that they're with their that they're a family, but they're not, and they're just using them. And oh, that's ridiculous. That's not true. Oh well, it is. What do you say to this little boy, Kara? Here, I have brought a picture. This little boy in front of the border patrol. We can post this to our Facebook. He has come into this country. We will not be posting this to our Facebook, well, but continue, could, Baylor. We could to show that this is a real problem, right? Mm-hmm. And here you see, I mean, we have a huge humanitarian, and I'll pass the photo around. We have a humanitarian crisis at this border. So the photo, have, the photo that Baylor is bringing, since this is a radio show, and <laughs> there are well, no, I there are no screens. To be there are no magical screens here that you guys can see. I'll describe it for you. It's it's a photo of a um, little child. I'm I'm assuming he's of Mexican heritage mm-hmm. in a yellow well, shirt. Came over the border. Yeah. Um, 
crying in front of a border patrol. Yeah. Pickup and he, truck. he is one of the ones who um, this was attached to the article of where they were talking about, you know, children being used over the border. And they've seen recurring children numerous times. And I'll end with this 338 percent rise in border wide of migrant family apprehensions, 696 percent in the San Diego area, 237 percent in the Tuscan area. ICE has released 108,500 migrant family members since December 21st, nearly 1,690% in the El Paso area. You know, we got a huge problem. Now, if people coming over the border so that they'll vote blue is the only reason Democrats are not going to come to the table is really sad. And, you know, I, I don't know what else it's going to take. And if he has to shut it down for a week, then I say shut it down. Right. And, of course, uh, let's not forget that um, people aren't coming over to the border so they can vote um, for the Democrats. And that's not why the Democrats want to keep them. Um, okay. People people want to keep them. <laughs> if Texas because goes blue, Republicans are Why are, are these done, people you know fleeing that. in the first place? Not my problem. They're not coming here to vote for Hillary. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Just want to leave with that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a, another episode of Left, Right, Center. We are just about finished here. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. If you have any topics that you want us to discuss, you can email us at leftrightcenter.radio at gmail.com. And uh, just keep listening. This is WSOE 89.3 Elon Burlington.